Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and literally around the world, this is your host, hopefully one of your favorite deplorable brothers, David J. Harris Jr. And I have an amazing show for you all today. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me as I break down the truth, the news that's not drenched in liberal bias. It's unadulterated, it's raw, it's real, and it's more important than ever that we all get the truth. Today's broadcast is brought to you by my good friend Mike Lindell's company, My Pillow. Friends, if you need to sleep well, if you want to feel good while you're sleeping, you've got to try Mike Lindell's pillows or his sheets or his mattress topper. I have all of those. My wife absolutely loves his sheets, as do I. There's nothing I love more than actually feeling comfortable, just that you feel so good and cool while you're sleeping. His new Giza sheets are absolutely amazing. Use the promo code David, that's my name, David, when you make your order at MyPillow.com and you can save up to 60%. Yes, Mike Lindell gave a special promo code for me, for you, my audience. So you can save up to 60%, need new pillows, need sheets, want to give your mattress a makeover, get that pillow topper, that mattress topper, just use the code David and you'll save up to 60%. So let's get into my show today. Today, friends, I have the honor and the privilege of having a young woman that absolutely tore up social media with her videos that went crazily viral All because she did what I think so many people are fearful or scared to do. She stood up to Black Lives Matter. She stood up to those murals that have been painted. The one specifically outside of Trump Tower and in Brooklyn, she poured black paint all over them. And she had a message to share while she was doing it. And I think it went around the world. That message was definitely received by me. It is without any further ado to bring on my guest, Bevelyn. But she likes to be called Bev Beatty. Bev, thank you so, so much for taking the time to join me today. My sister, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan, so I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad that you're here, and even more so, I'm glad that you have been consistent in your journey, not only in supporting this president, but for standing up for values that I believe should matter to all people, but especially the Black community You know, it's a bold statement that you and your friend, what's your friend's name again? Agne Siobhan. Agne Siobhan. It's a bold statement that you guys have been making. I saw one of your first videos a month or so ago where I think you were in the Chop Chaz area and she was praying in tongues and you were just calling it out. Was that where you guys were at? If you know the video I'm referring to? Yes, sir. We was there declaring the name of Jesus and giving them the gospel that they need. You know, I shared with a good friend of mine, I said, I want to do that. And time just didn't allow or permit or we just didn't make it a point to go do it. But I loved seeing that happen. You've been in several viral videos because your message, I think, is something that everybody wants to hear, especially in the face of all this racial contention that seems to be taking place, all of the division that's taking place in our country right now. You're a voice of reason and you're a voice of hope. And I would just love to give my audience a little deeper dive into in, into who is Bev Beatty. So how long have you been on this journey for conservative values? How long has it been in a part of who you are? Were you ever a Democrat? 
give us some, shed some light on, on some of those questions. So I got saved in 2013 in jail. I was sitting in jail for seven days because I had committed a money, money laundering scheme and I was waiting for my dad to bail me out. Before that, I grew up, you know, I was in the South. I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was the Bible Belt. But we I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. I just knew he existed. He was God. But I didn't have a personal relationship with him. When I went to jail, I met a woman who told me, if you do not surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you are headed to death. And at wow. this point, I was dealing with severe depression, severe, and no one knew about it. And she told me about a time I had came into my house after partying and drinking with my friends. I was completely drunk. I went into my bathroom and I turned on the water so that my roommate couldn't hear me. And I was on the floor crying bawling, bawling. I felt so hopeless. And I just, I was crying out for Jesus. So when she told me that I was startled and I knew God was talking to me. Mm. And so when I got out of jail, she also told me when I would get out of jail, my dad bailed me out on Tuesday. I got out of jail and I was like, Lord, I really don't know how to do right. I've been doing wrong all my life. And though I felt it in my heart when I was wrong, I don't really know my next step, but you know what? I surrender to you and I will let you be Lord. But I was still liberal. I was still liberal. Mm. I still supported the gay community. I still I worked for a feminist organization, still, you know, kind of out and about drinking. I just didn't do a lot of the things I used to do before. I just kind of stood still because I didn't know my next step. And then in 2014, a year later, I met my best friend, Edme, and she was my mentor at first. She discipled me. Mm. She taught me the gospel. She broke down conservative values and she also broke down the word of God and how they align. And she also taught me how to be radical. She taught me, taught me how to not compromise. She taught me how to build my house upon the word of God. Um, and I, I started to walk and trust in Christ. And I seen the word of God before my very eyes. And I realized, wow, when you truly live according to the word and you are not compromising, you will see such blessings in the Lord. So from then on, I just started running the race and trusting in him. I absolutely love all of that. And uh, I share so much of that in my own background. You know, I had a, a an extensive stint, mostly my teenage years in just partying, drugs, alcohol, lots of drugs. And I've had several moments in my life where those things would come back to haunt me because I wasn't staying firm in my foundation because I wasn't holding on to that relationship that I love how you put it. It's about a relationship. And we we would have to deal with the, you know, I'd have to deal with the with the the ramifications of that. So to to hear your story from feminist LGBTQ supporting and for anybody listening, please understand while we love all people. And I think I could share this as, as well. I know for myself, I love everybody, but that doesn't mean I have to agree with everything that they do. Is that kind of how you land when it comes to the LGBT community? I love all of God's children because we were all we are all made in God's image and God's likeness. That's how he created us in the beginning in Genesis 1-1. Uh, in, in, in beginning of you know what I'm saying. Yes. But the reality is this. I hate the sin. I see what the sin is doing to our people. So I, yes, people want to say Christians and stuff is hate speech. Yes. I'll, I'll agree with you there. We hate sin. We yeah. hate 
the devil and I hate his agenda and what it's doing to our people. And my Bible tells me the wages of sin is death, but it is not God's will that any of us shall perish, but that we all shall come into knowing him and into everlasting life. Now, what year was it that you say that this happened, that you were in jail and you had your awakening moment with God? What year was that? 2013. So in seven years, did you, could you ever have conceived that seven years ago or, or seven years from being in jail, looking at charges that could have had you probably in jail for a long time, could you ever conceived of you becoming the woman that you are now, strong, strong in God's championing Christian values, championing conservative values and standing up for our president? Do you, do you think that was, uh, did that, any of that ever even enter your mind? That was never a part of my plan. To be honest with you, I could not have ma- imagined that I would be on the street painting something in black, getting my nails messed up, okay? Because I like to keep my nails fresh. I wouldn't have never expected I would be doing something like that. Mind you, when I wasn't saved, I had a record. I used to get, you know, petty crime, getting arrested, assault, trespassing, partying, drinking, stupid stuff. Just as a kid, getting arrested all the time for dumb stuff. But uh, my attitude was totally different because at that time I knew I was wrong. I was doing wrong. And now it's like... My heart is totally shifted because I'm getting arrested now for righteousness. And it's like, I really feel more, I have more encounters with the law now that I am a Christian and I'm truly walking and living by the word of God. It's a trip. Yeah, it is. God's way of doing things when we just surrender and follow his lead is truly, as truly an amazing thing. What were some of the things I, I hope you can share? You, you shared that the police were so nice to you. You shared some of the information as far as how they're feeling. Do you give us an idea on what the police felt about you covering up that mural, which is really just graffiti on the street. I have another tip for you. I actually interviewed Mayor Rudy Giuliani yesterday, and he said that he would love to be able to represent you if you need representation. But he said that he said they didn't get any permits to put that Black Lives Matter on the street. So there is it's not vandalism to cover it up. But uh, he said if you needed help, that he would be there for you. Oh, my God, David, you better tell Rudy Giuliani to hit me up. You got my email. (laughs) Tell him to hit me up. I love me some Rudy Giuliani. Oh, my God. Rudy Giuliani, what is the thing that's going on? Yes. That's what? Oh, my God. Girl, I'm dead serious. Hold on, we just gotta, David. We gotta just soak this in real quick. You just dropped the bomb, okay? So just this, just this is the bomb. You just dropped the atomic bomb on us. Yo, are you serious? I'm dead, girl. Woo, Jesus, it's a fire. Listen, listen, listen. Okay, let's focus. Let's roll it back in. Let's roll it back in. So this is the thing. The police treated us with so much love, yeah, because they really are desperate. When we were inside of that. Police precinct, you can feel the weight of concern on these officers. Mm. And I mean, they, 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 they showed so much gratitude because they felt like finally someone was standing up for them. And finally, I'm no longer the bad guy, you know? And it's like, let me tell you how sick and twisted these Democrats are. We know that the Democrats, the, the police answer to the mayor or the governor. So they send these police as the foot soldiers. But then when things go wrong, what they do is they throw the police under the bus. 
All right. And so then now you got BLM pushing defund the police, defund the police. But yet black people are dying because y'all defunded the police. So it's like, what, what's the real issue? The real issue is that black man is in sin. Black man has to wake up and accept the Lord as his savior, or we're going to continue to go through these things, right? So the police was so excited to see people finally stand up for them. Now, let me give you some numbers and this stuff I got from the police in the department. 33,000 police officers police the whole five boroughs of New York, okay? New York City is about eight to 10 million people, roughly, okay? That's already a problem in itself. How are 33,000 people policing eight to 10 million people? That makes absolutely no sense. But now, since Mayor de Blasio took $1 billion from the police, police officers are now signing up for their retirement. We are seeing 30 Five officers a day, even at the age of 20, signing up to get whatever retirement may be available to them, but they are wow. getting out of here. They're leaving the force, okay? By next year, this time, there will only be 20,000 police officers in New York policing wow. maybe 8 million people. How is that possible? The police yeah, see not... it's a sinking ship. Yeah. They're going down. New York is going down. The crime is rising up and New York in itself, the wealth is not there anymore. We used to take a one third of America's wealth with, with the money. It's not there anymore. Uh, the, the beauty that Rudy Giuliani brought to this city, what he built has totally been destroyed. And so the cops are just trying to escape while they can. It's just it's sad. Now, you shared earlier, you shared that you're you had an awakening. You had an encounter with God, but you were still a liberal. One thing that I talk about all the time and I wrote about in my book is it saddens me that there's so many Christians, so many, especially in the black community, when we have such a rich heritage of faith in our community and in our history, it saddens me that there's so many in the black community and in the church that still vote Democrat. So you shared that you were still a, a liberal but what actually woke you up to understand the values that you actually held dear were conservative values? We are called as Christians to renew our mind. This is the process of being a Christian. First and foremost, the baptism. That's a wedding. That's, a, that's you saying you die to self. You take on your identity of Christ. That's number one. Number two is the baptism of fire in the Holy Spirit and the power. Okay. Number three is the renewing of your mind. A lot of Christians have not renewed their mind. They are presenting a form of holiness, but denying the power thereof. Okay. The word of God is absolute period. Nothing goes above it and nothing can contradict it or shut it down. It is absolute in its entirety. Okay. So when the word of God tells you that it is an abomination to murder your baby, because you are worshiping the God of the Ammonites, Molech, okay? He meant it. Why? Because it is murder. When the Bible tells you that a man and man is abnormal and that God never created it that way, it's for a reason. In Romans 1, it also tells you when you practice this, you, 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 you uh, bring in the consequence of your disobedience. And that's why you've seen when, uh, especially in the 80s, when they were talking about homosexuality, AIDS came out. 
that came from homosexual relations. Okay. God himself speaks on these things. And he also tells us that the wages of sin is death. As a Christian, if you say you are a Christian, you can't just pick cherry pick what you think Christianity is supposed to be because you're dead. You don't exist anymore. Your identity is in Christ. And what that Bible says is what you live off of. When you accept Jesus Christ, your identity now starts in Matthew 1, 1, all the way to Revelations. And anything outside of that is not going to cut it. Yeah, it, it seems pretty crystal clear for me. Even just the issue of championing the lives of the unborn babies. For me, if, if I was a one issue voter, that would be it. That's top of my spectrum. I don't understand how anybody could believe that it's okay to harm a baby. I mean, again, they've been taught that it's a clump of cells. People have been taught that. But we know, people know, that when a baby has been growing for three months, four months, five months in the womb, six months, seven months, eight months, nine months in the womb, we know that's a baby. So to think about dismembering a baby that's an hour outside of the womb or an hour or a month or two or three inside the womb that's still the same baby is so barbaric to me and so abhorrent to me that I don't understand how any believer could vote for a party that stands on abortion anytime, anywhere, any reason, up to any point of pregnancy. And now we hear Democrats talking about infanticide, where literally the mother can decide after she has the baby if she wants to keep it or not. That party, that that party stands for that. And for me, that's the reason why I could never vote Democrats. The reason why, I mean, I was excited to be able to potentially vote for the first black man as president until I researched how he voted on the issue of life. And when I discovered that he voted against a bill that would have provided medical treatment for babies that survived abortions and voted in favor of late term abortion, I said, I don't care what color he is. He's not getting my vote. That's a fact. And you know what? You are one of the few woke black men even in that time, because I'm going to be honest with you, I voted for Obama and I vote. I voted for him because he was black. I didn't take the time because my identity was in being black. It, it began and ended here. So now uh, when it was time to really look at values, none of that mattered to me. Oh, I'm like, oh, yes, yeah, so a brother. Yo, we about to be presidents. Lit. About to have a black man in the White House. Word. Black House is lit. And when you only think that way. You yeah. you basically setting yourself and your country up for failure because in all reality, he don't care about us. He showed and proven eight years. He did absolutely nothing for the black community. He gave us Obama phones and welfare. That's how much he care about us. He said, oh, y'all need cell phones. I'm going to give y'all cell phones to help y'all out. You just, you just, you just, you just piled on to what Lyndon B. Johnson already did to us. So you could care less about us. And because we as a people, black people, are so bound by color because we're so sensitive about the color of our skin. We allow any type of values, any type of morals to go out the window. Being a Christian doesn't matter no more. And none of these things matter. Once you see that it's a black guy in leadership, you vote for him. And then what he does is as soon as he gets in that house, he turns around and looks at you and throws the middle finger at you because he really could care less about you. Yeah, absolutely. And the only other instance where individuals that are get into politics or that are prominent uh, in any, in any platform are looked down upon by members of the black community is when they're conservatives. Talk to me about why you think the black community eats their own. You know, I'm constantly seeing 
you know, racial slurs against us, against members of the black community. Snoop Dogg was one of the latest to do it, calling me and several of us the coon bunch. And that trickled down. I actually saw I saw a, uh, a bishop that posted a video that had Terrence Williams and I in it dancing at the rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this, this bishop said, look at them all dancing for the massa. And then my aunt, my aunt, actually shared that video knowing full well it was me and said, looking all stupid. It's like that hurt more than the bishop or Snoop Dogg because I don't know them. It's like my aunt knows me. She knows exactly who I am. I can't tell you how many times I've spent at her house, you know, hanging out with the cousins and just hanging out with the family growing up. So she knows me. So what does that say to you? What, what, what does your heart say back to those individuals that are so quick to write us off, those of us that stand for the president, that support Judeo-Christian values like the president is standing up for? What, what What's your thoughts about that? Well, it's so crazy you say that because I know too well what you feel. I know too well. I see my own family turn their backs on me because uh, I don't identify with what they assume being black is supposed to identify. So what I'll say to them is I'll say this. You basically are falling right for the bait that Massa wanted you to fall for. Massa told you how to be black and you fell for it. So now you refuse to think outside of the box. You refuse to be different. You refuse to go against the grain of what Massa told you to do. The ones who implemented welfare and told you to get rid of your husbands and turn your back on God. But the reality is there was a time when we as black people trusted in the word of God. There was a time when a black man spoke with eloquence and he took care of his kids and he stood for his family and the black family was the pillar. We were a pillar. It existed. Even when segregation was going on, we, we understood that they didn't want us to be a part of them. And we were totally fine with that. We said, OK, we'll build our own schools. We'll educate our own children. We'll get our own doctors. We'll get our own lawyers. But because black men and I'm not speaking on, on them all as a whole, but the root of black men is really they, they want to be accepted. They seek man to be accepted. And my Bible tells me, no, no man after the flesh. So if you really believe in your own heart as a black person, that your identity is going against the grain as far as what the white people are doing and, and talking with slang and swag and being on a block, being a thug. If you really simplified yourself into being that to identify as a black man, then I'm going to pray for you because you're in sin. Mm. Wow. Bold truth, which is exactly what we need. And I think that, you know, the Bible says we can't serve two masters. There are two masters. We're either going to serve God or we're going to serve the enemy. And the enemy is the author of confusion. He's the father of lies. He's the father of accusations. And it's interesting to me that continually from the liberal left, from Democrats, it seems like I see a whole lot of lies and I hear a whole lot of accusations. And that tells me exactly who their massa is. So uh, it's unfortunate, but hopefully some people will wake up to those realities and then just say, I think there's a lot of pride there, too. So when people even start to try to wake up, pride says, no, nah, you can't admit you were wrong. So hopefully people hearing this, uh, they'll say, you know what? Today's a new day. Today's the first day of the rest of my life. And I can ask God to forgive me today for my shortcomings and ask God to guide me uh, in the rest of my days uh, into his truths. 
So share with me, if you will, give me an overview. I know you've got the rundown on this, but why do you emphatically denounce Black Lives Matter? Okay, I'm praying. I'm, I'm, I'm building this for you right now as we speak. I'm making you a social map game plan for the Democrat Party. Okay, so what we got? We got Antifa. We got LGBTQ. We got feminism. We got BLM. Right. And then we got socialism, communism. And then we got the devil. Okay, <laughs> so this is how we gonna break this down. All, I'm, 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 <laughs> all of it. Let's expose it. I don't know if they can see it clearly. Do you see this map, yep. my little yep. tree? Yep. Okay, so this is my tree. All right, let me move it over a little bit. Let me see. There we go. So what you got on the branches? You got Antifa, BLM, feminism, LGBTQ. All of these are branches in an agenda of propaganda to make the American people think the Constitution is not enough. American values are not enough. We need something different. We need something fresh. We need something new because whatever we're doing isn't working. And so what they, they're going to do is they're going to push this agenda that will land at socialism. Okay. You're going to see, oh, here we go. Socialism. You're going to see socialism happen. Now socialism is going to run out. I would say maybe, uh, 10 years max in America, they'll be able to push this social socialism agenda. Uh, cause a lot of Americans are going to fight back, but they'll give them 10 years to push it. But then after that runs out, they're going to go right into communism. Okay. Communism. And once communism comes, the devil has Nick is going to be reigning supreme. Why? Because I'm not an identity politics chick for a reason because it has nothing to do with color. It's really not about feminism. It's really not about none of these things. Sin is what's going to be the wages of death. Satan knows this. So Satan can push a propaganda to where everybody is falling for the bait of sin. He's going to finesse them into a reward of thinking, oh, socialism, equality. But while one man is being stripped naked from everything he got, another man will be given a portion for a time. But eventually communism will come. It'll be total dictatorship. And then Christians will not have the right to pray anymore. Christians will not have the right to say the name Jesus anymore. And then Christians, no matter whether you black, white, Spanish, all of that color stuff, being a female and all of that was going to be out the door. If you accept the name of Jesus, or even if you mention the name of Jesus, you're in trouble. And that's the agenda that they're pushing. And that's why I got out there and fought that Black Lives Matter mural and anything else that has to do with these agendas, because I know where it's headed. Well, it's it's clear as a bell for those that don't understand, I think, what is at stake, you know, uh, and one other issue with communism there. They want the government to be your God. That's why Karl Marx, the Lenin, they they're atheists. They didn't believe in God. They didn't want the people to believe in God. If anything, maybe they believed in him and they believed he was the enemy of what their agenda was. But that God is the enemy. Having faith in God is the enemy because they want the government to be your God. So everything you're saying is absolutely true and spot on. If we don't band together and unite around the values that we hold dear, especially as believers or just patriotic Americans that love our amendments, that love our Constitution, that was grafted after the creator and understanding the, the separation between the different executive branches is be, it was was created that way after the creator itself. You know, he's he's alluded to as a supreme judge, as the as the uh, as the ruler Constitution was crafted so beautifully because of. The, the, the individuals that crafted it and they were believers. They believed in God. And this mess, this message that is just continuing to push from the left that America is a racist country, that we never had anything right. What do you say about, what do you say to that? 
if you don't understand your history by now, and if you're going to keep going on, again, propaganda, then I, I just, I'm telling you, I'm encouraging you to learn your history. There's a young, there's, he's not young no more. He's kind of old now. David Barton. David Barton is a Christian historian who teaches American history facts, has one some of the biggest historical uh, pieces, biggest collection in the U.S., okay? But he is, as a Christian, knows to look through history with the lens of the Word of God, as Christians are actually called to do. We're really called to look at everything in our life through the Word of God. That's That's just what we're supposed to do. And he will teach you so much. And this is how I found out about our history and how I understood, okay, wait, our founding fathers were Christians. Wait, America was built on, built on the word of God. Wait, that's why the Lord is protecting America the way that he is, because this is a Christian nation for real. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Um, and I really want to speak on the foundation of BLM because I'm going to tell you something, Mr. David, the fact that you talk a certain way, the fact that you married to a white woman, a lot of black people don't want to hear nothing you got to say. They just assume off GP, you just some, you a coon, you a Uncle Tom, you want to be white. We know that's not true. Me and you know that. But let's just break down something so they really get your heart. Let's talk about what who Black Lives Matter is, their agenda. Number one, BLM is against the black man. And I'm going to tell you why they're against the black man. They said in their own website, blacklivesmatter.org, that they are against the nuclear family. OK, the nuclear family is a man, a woman and the children of the fruit. The man is the leader. The woman is the helper and the children are the fruit. This is the way God designed it. OK, in 1960, fatherlessness was at what? 18 percent. Now it's at 78 percent and climbing. OK, we know that this is why black men have been locked up. This is why black men are gangbanging on the streets because they don't understand the concept of, the, of authority and they don't have a daddy. And so their identity is what they see out in them streets because they don't see a man in their household. So they have nothing really to compare or contrast to. Right. So my Black Lives Matter going against the nuclear family. They are basically telling you we don't care about the black man, but because we know a man is not truly a man until he is the leader of his family and his household. That's why I'm against that Jezebel feminist spirit. I know my place. I'm called to be a helper and God gave me the gift to speak. I'm an evangelist and all of the above, but in the household and also in the body of Christ as the wife, you honor your husband and you submit. And uh, if you don't believe you're supposed to do that because you think your man is a knucklehead, then shame on you for marrying a knucklehead. Get a good man that you can possibly submit to. That's the whole point. All right. That's number one. Number two, abortion. 28 million babies and counting, 675,000 babies average a year, black babies dying. In New York, LA, and Philly, more black babies are aborted than born. That's a humongous problem. Now, Black Lives Matter will raise hell because a white cop and justly killed a black man or female, right? And so let's just say last year, maybe nine to 16 black men and women got killed by the police. But yeah, I just gave you numbers, 675,000 babies a year. On top of that, hundreds of black people have died due to black on black crime. BLM will never address that. They are using us. We are a pawn in their game and they're finessing us. I got a cousin in Staten Island right now laying in a hospital bed with his leg cut off because he was 
was caught in a shootout and got shot in both of his legs. My family live in these inner, street, inner cities. My family came from these streets and I am seeing directly the effects of Black Lives Matter and their political narrative and they're throwing the middle finger at black people and black people don't even know it. So no, David, you are not racist. No, you don't want to be white. You are all absolutely happy with being what God made you to be. But at the end of the day, you are one that truly cares for your people. Yes, absolutely. You, you uh, love all of that. And uh, and my wife looks very she's very fair. She's Japanese, Portuguese, French uh, and Caucasian. She's a mutt. She's she's mixed. I say she's got everything I'm not and I'm everything she's not. And she's I'm not, beautiful. You know, my dad is black. My mom is was of Irish descent. Uh, but my dad had Irish on his side. And uh, my mom had uh, Native American, three different uh, st- types of Native American on her side. I'm a I'm a Heinz. So I just say I'm beautiful. I'm beautifully and wonderfully made because that's what my Bible says about me. And that's right. There is what can dominate and stifle should dominate the conversation, especially coming from believers is who are we spiritually? Who are we first? We're spirit beings. We just all have an individual meat suit that we walk around in. But one day we'll be in this meat suit and we'll be able to just live uh, as our as our Papa God does. Tell me about Atwell Ministries. What do you do at Atwell Ministries? How long has that ministry been around? I heard in one of your videos that you rescue crack babies and you do a lot of stuff in the inner cities. Tell us about Atwell Ministries. So Atwell Ministries, we've been established since 2014 and we do exactly what the Great Commission is that God gave us. We go out, we preach the gospel, we disciple we feed the poor, we clothe the naked, we lay hands on the sick, we cleanse the leper, raise the dead. All of the yes. things that Jesus called us to do, we do. We hit these inner cities. That's what really helped me become even more of a conservative because most of the cities we hit that have blatant issues are liberal cities. They're, ran, they're Democrat ran from top to bottom. But when we go there, we see what welfare has done to our people, what welfare has done to our city. And we also see that it's not just black people that are affected by this. We see whites that are uh, on the streets in Baltimore. You're going to see you're going to see a melting pot in Baltimore. You see crackheads of all shapes, sizes and colors. It don't make no never mind. If they're bound by sin. They're bound by sin. So we as Christians decided we are going to focus on God's people and see them through his eyes, through his lens. And so I'll tell you an amazing story. One time we were in a Salvation Army and we had came with just some some toiletries, socks, things like that to give out to the people as they were waiting to be put into the center. So uh, we just start to give away uh, socks and we're handing them out to people and people are coming up to us, taking them like, give me two socks, give me two socks, give me two socks. And the Lord had really helped us understand that entitled mentality. A lot of people don't realize that, realize this until you get on the streets. A lot of times people that are homeless, not all the time. But a lot of them are entitled and they're homeless for a reason because they refuse to work because they have become dependent on government. Okay, so while we're there giving out stuff to people, uh, we I see a, a woman in the back and I see her with like four kids, four babies. I think one is like four, three two, one. And I think she was pregnant. Okay, um, don't quote me on that. But I mean, it's lined up, but she didn't ask for nothing. She was so quiet. And so I went to the back and I noticed her because she was quiet and I walked up to her and I just said, hi, do you need anything for your baby? And she just, she was like, well, you know, anything you can offer, anything. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit just fell on me and I just started to minister to her. And I told her, I want you to know something right now. You are not a loser. 
You're not a loser because you have all of these kids. These are beautiful babies. And God is going to take care of you. And you're going to raise these kids well. And your kids are not going to be ashamed of you. They're going to be proud to call you their mommy. And as I'm talking to her, she's bawling. She's bawling because we're hitting the heart now. We're hitting the spirit. And after that, I went to my friend Edna and my friend Jessica at the time. We like, we got to go to Walmart. And we just bought these kids toys, clothes, baby food, everything that they needed so that while they're in that um, Salvation Army, they're comfortable. And that, what we would do is we would, before donations started to come into the ministry, me and Edme and Jessica would say, we would work up and every time we would get paid, we would plan a trip like two months in advance and I would save up maybe like $300 a week every time I got paid and we would pay for our own trips. We would pay for our gift budget so we would go out with like a $500 budget that would be strategically to feed people, clothe people, disciple people, and God just multiplied it. And now it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but we we started feet on the ground and still feet on the ground. Well, I love that. That is amazing. And if any of my audience wants to support you financially, they can go to atwellministries.org, correct? They can. Yes, sir. Yes. Atwellministries.org. Well, we need We need so many more individuals out there with your heart, with your passion, with your clarity. Bev, I'm so thankful for you. And if there's somebody listening right now or watching right now and they're having a tough time trying to understand, you know, uh, and I wanted to add one more thing spiritually, too. I appreciate what you said. Uh, It's scriptural as far as wives submitting to your husbands. But let me also add the other part of that. Husbands, submit to your wives and lay your lives down as Christ laid his life down for the church. You know, it's a man's responsibility to also lay his life down for his bride. And that's in a lot of activities, a lot of different ways. That's selflessness, that's giving, that's supporting. It really creates a unity for between the husband and the wife when they work together. So I just wanted to make sure if anybody was listening that it's a, it's not a, it doesn't, and, and a woman can decide to do what she wants to do. But I can tell you when, when the, when the marriage and the union is of two individuals submitting to each other, and building each other up and believing in that other person, there's nothing more beautiful than that. You know, and I've, I've had 26 Amen. years of marriage to walk that out, to learn it. And I'm still learning how to do it. And I still, you know, strive to do the best that I can every single day. But so I wanted to, I wanted to add that to what you shared because it was very beautiful. But for the person watching or listening to this podcast right now that maybe is having a tough time spiritually, maybe they're not sure where they're at. Maybe they're hearing what you, they, they saw your videos. They saw your strong statement that you made. They hear you talking about God. Maybe they're in that place where they still have some liberal tendencies or they're not sure where they fit in. Can you just, can you just pray for the person right now that may be watching and just speak whatever you feel Papa telling you to share with them? Amen. Father God, I just thank you right now that it is finished. You completed it on the cross, Jesus. It's done. It's over. Sin is not under our feet. Death is under our feet. Sickness is under our feet. And the devil, he is under our feet. Father God, I thank you right now for every single person listening to this, that they know that your heart so much you sent your only begotten son you sent yourself here so that you could die 
You took on the wrath that we rightfully deserved just so you can restore us back to the power, the dominion and authority that you originally gave us in the Garden of Eden. Father, I thank you right now that your children who know you, your sheep will hear your voice and they will say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to say completely yes. I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to die to my own desires. I'm going to die to my own vision. And I'm going to take up you. Father God, I'm going to take up my cross. I'm going to lose my life so that I will gain it. Father, I'm not going to hold on to my life so that I lose it, but I'll lose it so that I'll gain it. Father, I thank you that these people listening to this know you're a good God. You're a good God. You're a good father. You're a loving father. You're a righteous father. Your word says that you turn all things around for the good of those who love you and are called for your purposes, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, you make all things new. Whatever is turned around by the devil, you, you want to, you desire to turn it right back around, right upside right, Father God, for your kingdom, because you love us just that much. There is no death in you. You. There is no temptation of evil in you. There is no lie in you. There is no will of yours that any of your children shall perish, but that all shall come to repentance and to everlasting life. Father, I thank you right now that your children are going to know we are de we're declaring and decreeing your name and we're pleading with them to accept you. We want them to get on the winning team. We are like Noah's saying, get on the boat. A flood is coming. Get on the boat while you still have time. Do not die. Get on this boat. You can live. This is his will of your life. Father, I thank you right now for any Christians who are convicted or feel embarrassed by the things that I'm saying. Father, I thank you right now that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But as long as they know there's breath in their lungs, they have an opportunity to turn away from sin. They have an opportunity to repent. And repent means to change your mind. You can change your mind about your liberal ideas. You can change your mind about cursing your president. You can change your mind about going the route of the culture. And you can turn your eyes to the word of God. You can look upon the hills and see from which your help is truly supposed to come. And it's from Christ Jesus alone because there is no other way. Muhammad didn't die for you. Buddha didn't die for you. None of these other deities died for you, but Jesus shed his blood for you so that you can be grafted right back in to the relationship where you are rightfully supposed to be. In the name of Jesus, I thank you right now that they hear your heart, Father God. I thank you for conviction. I thank you for a broken spirit and a contrite heart that will change them and set them free. In the name of Jesus, and I say, Satan, you sick, twisted, disgusting devil. You have no power and your, your gender will not work. You're a loser. You lost already. Jesus is risen. He's at the right hand of the Father and there's nothing you can do about it. You cannot hinder what God is going to do. You will not stop what he is going to do and he will be glorious and victorious in everything. In the name of Jesus, I say, amen. Jesus, give me my bag. <laughs> Took him to church. <laughs> Real quick. Well, that is uh that was a blessing. I really hope that everybody listening, watching, shares this not only with I normally say 10, 15, 20, share this with like a hundred friends. You have people that are my audience, you out there listening, you've got people, friends, family members that are caught up in this entire you know, racial division, the BLM, they're not sure which side to line, line up on. 
And everybody should understand it's a spiritual battle that we are in. And what Bev just shared brought clarity, brought truth, just like the word of God, piercing to the divining asunder of soul and spirit, exposing what's in the heart. That's exactly what Bev just shared today. So please share this with as many friends as you can. Pray for Bev and for her team and make sure you go to atwellministries.org and donate, buy something, support her. She needs our support and uh, I'm gonna. Uh, it's an honor to support her as well. I wanna add one more thing to that really quickly. I wanna let people know, I have a Twitter account, Bevelin Z Beatty. There is a fake account out right now. Uh, it's Bevelin underscore Beatty. They are asking for money. That is not me, okay? I do not ask for money. If people feel in their heart to donate to our ministry, by all means, we appreciate it, but we do not ask for money. We know Jehovah Jireh. He's a provider. Okay. We live off of that. So with that being said, follow me on Twitter, Bevelyn Z Beatty, and also on uh, Parler at Bevelyn Beatty, on YouTube at Bevelyn Beatty, and on uh, Instagram at Bevelyn Beatty, and on Facebook at Bevelyn Beatty. Okay. And God bless you. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you so much, Bev. Please, I'd love to get your uh, number and so that you can feel free to call me anytime, text me anytime. I'd love to know what what you're doing, when you're doing something. If there's ever a time I can uh, join you at one of these events uh, that you create, you created your own event. Um, I would love to do it. I'd love to be there and support you. And, Amen. and I think we, share, we share heart, mission and passion for what's at stake right now in our country. So I'd love to uh, uh, give you my contact info if that's OK. Yes. And don't forget about Giuliani. I won't. Absolutely. I won't. I'll make sure I put that contact in there for you as well. So God bless you, Bev. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. We will be in touch, I'm sure, very, very soon. And uh, we will, uh, we're excited for what we see God doing in your life and for the open doors that are coming to you. Uh, and I just pray God would continue to just open up the floodgates of heaven to open up favor, to have grace continue to cover you in every aspect of what you do, where you go, and that you would continue to be able to wake up hearts and minds to the truth uh, as you have been. This is just the beginning of what Papa God has for you. So God bless you. Amen. And vice versa, brother. Vice versa. Thank you. Thank you so much. So friends, there you've got it. There is the little insight into the woman that absolutely took over social media this last weekend by being bold, by sharing the truth. And we need a lot more individuals like her doing exactly that. So God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please share this episode with at least a hundred friends. Bev, Bev's message has to get out. And uh, I know I, I, I'm, I'm so glad that we got to have her on. So God bless you. We'll talk to you again very soon. Have a great rest of your night or morning or afternoon. <laughs> Bye-bye.